Good evening and welcome to the NFL Draft. Tonight, we officially welcome the next generation of players. So if you're ready, are you ready? Let's get it started. The NFL Draft is officially open. On NFL Draft Podcast, I am Trevor Sikma. With me is Benjamin Solak on day three of our running back week for the Summer Scouting Series for the 2022 NFL Draft. Almost said 2021, but we're getting there. I'm programming my brain to move on to the next year. It just still sounds so weird that we're at the 2022 NFL Draft. But that's what we're here to do today. We have gone over six running backs so far on the Monday and Tuesday episodes, three on Monday, three on Tuesday, and today is kind of a best of the rest. And when we say best of the rest, we don't mean for sure that the guys that we've already talked about on Monday and Tuesday are going to be better than the guys that we talked about today. They're bad. Everybody today is bad and worse. No. That's definitely not true. That's definitely not true that the guys that we're talking about today are bad. Yeah, yeah, right. We got some good guys that we are getting to. Um But yeah, we're just trying to get to as many of these players as we possibly can before we get to our top fives, which is what we are doing on tomorrow's episode. Ben, before we get into this list, and we're going to get to like, I don't know, like six, seven, eight running backs, we're going to go kind of rapid fire, but give you as much of our scouting reports and our scope of these players as possible. Before we get to that, my friend, how are you? Uh, Everything is delicious. Thank you for asking. I... uh... Enjoy this running back class. It is a it's a pretty cool running back class. There is a lot more NFL ready runners in this class than there typically is. I think that's a lot of fun. So where we start? You tell me. You navigate the ship. You, you who are we talking about first? All right. Biggest surprise in terms of what I knew about these players coming in and how I thought I would like them relative to, to how I feel about them now is Jerry on Ely, the kid out of Ole Miss. He's okay. pretty nifty. You, you watch him? I did. Yeah, I watch I watch Jerry Neely. So I'll give a little bit of a background before we pop into some scouting notes on Jerry Neely. He's a junior going into this season. Uh, about five foot eight, five foot nine, 190 pounds as Ole Miss has him listed as. Was a five-star running back. Was the number three running back in the, I believe, 2019 class. Number 29 overall prospect as a recruit. So very highly touted recruit coming out of high school. And a big reason why is because this dude's not just a star in football. He was also a star in baseball, too. Played baseball throughout high school. Got drafted by the Arizona Diamondbacks before he committed to play for Ole Miss. And at Ole Miss, he gets to play both football and baseball. So, I mean, like, he had... He's on their baseball team? Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Or at least, like, he was originally. I don't know if he still is. I would have to check the roster. Um, He had football offers from Alabama, from Clemson from Auburn. I mean, like he he had he had offers from everywhere as a five star running back, but I think he ended up choosing Ole Miss because they were like, Hell yeah, you can play baseball. Sure. It's fine with us. Great. Just get on the team. Yeah. So that's kind of as a as you played as a freshman, though right? then obviously that twenty twenty season was cut short due to COVID. Yep. And in twenty twenty one, his sophomore year, he redshirted because he underwent shoulder surgery as a result of his I guess his football playing. Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, so let's hear it. I'll, I'm going to look up the roster and see if he actually pay, played baseball this past year or if he doesn't play I baseball. I just anymore, told you he did. Oh, you said, okay, all right, sorry. I was I didn't pay attention to the year that you said. I think you were just, I thought you were just saying that when he started his career. No, so 2020, his freshman year, was COVID. Because remember, 
that's that's spring 2020. Right. That's when baseball plays. Okay. Okay. Sure. And so in sophomore 2020, which would have just already happened, uh, he he redshirted because he had shoulder surgery. Gotcha. But he, you know, allegedly would have been on the team. And there's a picture of him like in Ole Miss. Yep. There's Here photos of him doing stuff. Yeah. He, when, whoa, yeah. number 48. What are we doing here, Jerrion? Well, right, he wears he wears nine for for football. Why are we wearing which 48? is like regular? What's up yeah. with forty eight? Is nine available in baseball? No, Hayden Leatherwood currently has no. Wow, fire Hayden Leatherwood. Yeah, he's a junior, so he's going to stick around. Red, Jerry and Ely. Uh, so I didn't realize he was that high caliber of a recruit. Yep. Uh, right, very nifty mover. Uh, uh, five foot eight, I think it was. Uh, so short strider, quick feet. Very, very good at at making at maximizing tight areas and also exposing guys in space. He's able to reduce angles really, really nicely in the second level. And then he's very, very slippery. Um, that low riding, well built sort of a frame that allows him to just kind of keep an active offhand, use that stiff arm, elevate the elbow a little bit, just just dull that contact slightly, and then he just kind of melts off and he's able to keep his legs churning, keep his hips square, get ready for the next guy. So he has a couple runs where he just chains together some just impressive blend of contact balance, that, that ability to stay tethered to the ground, and then elusiveness, which allows him to, like I said, rip off some of these chunk gains that you just don't expect to see from a player of this size, uh, and then also just simply don't see from other players in this class. Uh, throw in the usage as a receiver. Uh, Ole Miss finds as many possible ways as they can to get him involved in the passing game, to line him up in the slot, to line him up out, out wide. They had a, um, a little... Uh, trick play against i think your oregon gate uh not oregon your florida gators um where they did a, a little double pass and released oh, him oh yeah seat. yep yep yeah and freaking nifty uh so he had 20 catches in 2019 15 catches uh in in nine games in his in his uh in his sophomore season in 2020 um i imagine those numbers will even go up now that elijah moore isn't there and he's not going to be as big of a target hog uh vision isn't amazing uh he's not the the the, the same natural guy that we've seen from you know, earlier guys in this class, but I think that he's clearly NFL level. Uh, definitely not a guy you describe as a power back. They love to run him in like short yardage situations and like in the goal line. And I don't think it worked once. I don't really know why <laughs> they kept doing it. I think they, 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 they uh, just for Ole Miss football sake, they need a little bit of a, of a thunder to his lightning. Um, but he clearly has open field ability, clearly has zone running ability. Uh, really, really impressive feat like Jerry Neely a fair bit. Yeah, I mean, you could tell that this guy's a very natural athlete, and I think the dual sport ability, it shows up in the tape because he, he has the ability to do a lot of different things when he gets the ball in his hand. I mean, whether it's long strides down the field up the sideline or whether, like you said, it's chopping his feet and going in and out of gaps and trying to make dudes miss. It's just like he, he's ready to do it all, and he feels like... He feels like that kid that you pick first overall when you're when you're picking football teams on the playground. You know, like he's just that that that's kind of the way that I viewed his athleticism. Now, I'm glad that you brought up that his vision is kind of suspect because I just don't think that he has a good feel for where open space is going to be. We've talked about that already a couple of times uh, on the Monday and Tuesday podcasts where I think it is such a impactful trait Brees Hall is the guy who I think is the best in this class at this where he sees green grass before it's green grass like he sees where the linebackers are flowing he sees where the line scrimmage is going and knows how to navigate around chaos to get to that open space and he knows how to get there I didn't see that with Ely I, I in fact felt like there were a couple of times where 
Ely just straight up just like ran into contact for no reason. And I'm like, man, you are you're you're more agile than this. You don't you don't gotta run into this guy. Like you could put your foot in the ground and you could make this guy miss. And I feel like I didn't see as much elusiveness consistently as his athletic ability hints that he can do. So I, my biggest takeaway from Ely is you're right. I I like him as a player. I think he's kind of like an, an electric little scat back in his style, but he just get, needs to get more consistent with it. I don't know if it's because he juggles the two sports and and maybe he's just hasn't had enough time to really master running back because it seems like he's kind of just an athlete right now in the backfield. That's the way that I viewed him. Now, I don't know how much better that's going to continue to get if he continues to play baseball and football. Who knows? But maybe it'll take a big leap this year. I think he's a really nice athlete. I think he's an NFL caliber of an athlete. I just didn't see that athleticism show up in open space or making guys miss or getting yards after uh, contact than, than I thought I would. And I think that he has the ability to do so. I, I just didn't love his vision. I, I thought that he just ran into guys more than he needed to. Right. I think there's examples of him doing, as you say, right, finding the space before it's space. I My bigger, I think, like, when it comes to, like, why he gets some of these TFLs and why he takes some of these these dumb hits is I think he's, he's just a bad risk manager. I think that he thinks he can get himself out of a lot of other situations that he yeah, can't. Yeah, maybe, maybe, that, maybe that's a good point, uh, too. And I also think, to my the, the goal line point, he really thinks that, like, if he tries hard enough, he can bowl over people. Right, right, right. Just, right. He, just, he just can't. And, yeah. like, that's okay. And, like, you have to be self-aware. You have to know where your skills are. Did you, uh, and, see, right, did you watch the Bama right. game? Did you watch the Bama game? Yeah, I watched Florida-Bama. Uh, there, was a, there, was a play, there was a play in the Bama game where... I, I I don't know. I think it was in I think it was inside zone and it was going to the right and he gets the ball and he kind of like stutter steps to go outside and like the, he cuts it back against the flow and like that was the correct move. Like he had the open space in the cut and then all of a sudden he jumped back to his right, like back where all the clutter was and got tackled immediately. And I'm like, "What what did why? What are you doing? Why'd you, why'd you do that? There's you, no need you, for this. You it's made, just unnecessary. Right. You made the right decision. And so that was that was really something that it was an example that I saw as a baseline because I watched the Alabama game first. And then as I continued to watch his tape, there were just too many instances where he made the wrong decision. And that that sounds harsh to say it like that, but he just needs to kind of understand one, what you mentioned, where his strengths are, and it's not a lower-the-shoulder kind of running back. And two, just, you know, you got to be able to hit the open space. Yeah, you got to be able to get into green grass, and uh, I think that that's the biggest area that he's really got to improve this year is kind of his vision and uh, being able to see where that develops. So I like him as an athlete, but there's definitely area to, or there's definitely room to improve with Jerry and Ely from Ole Miss. I think he can get more volume and more fun stuff this year, especially because there's just so many vacated targets. I know they're passing him targets with right. – uh, with uh, whatever his name is, Elijah Moore, but still he can get involved in the passing game. So uh, who's next? Who do you want to talk about next? Why do I always have to pick? I mean, I could pick. Do you want to talk about Zamir Wright? We can talk about Zamir Wright. Yeah, All right. very I, good player. I, I feel like a, a lot of people are uh, in on Zamir White. They want to know our thoughts on Zamir White. This is the running back from Georgia. He's a redshirt junior this year. Comes in at about six foot, six foot one, depending on who you ask. About 215, 225 pounds. 200, sorry, 215, 220 pounds. Make up your mind. Dude's got the beef is what I'm basically trying it's to a say. healthy young man. Five-star recruit, number one overall running back in the country back in 2019. That's the good news. Bad news. Torres ACL as a senior in high school. Torres ACL, his, reg, his, his true freshman season. 
at Georgia and ended up redshirting that year. So he's got two ACL injuries already under his belt, which is not great. But Ben, when you saw him out on the football field when he was healthy, what'd you see? Uh, Georgia running back, extremely talented, multiple knee injuries. Never heard of it. We don't care. We don't. We don't care. Okay, we care a little bit. I think but, we have man. to care a little bit. But yeah, I mean, listen, it, when, Nick Chubb was what the fourth back taken in that class. Okay, Nick Chubb's a freak. Right, right, right. But, but I'm saying, like, obviously, we have to care because Nick Chubb was the fourth back taken in that okay, class. Okay, I see what you're was, saying now. I see what you're saying. Yes. Yeah, he was absurdly talented in that class. Now, Zamir White, he's really stinking good. Uh, he's a, a he hits you like a ton of bricks. He does. Personally, he yeah. absolutely is well built. Uh, we've been we've talked a little bit. You know, we always end up having like themes of the week, even though we don't really mean to have themes of the week, just because of the way that that watching all these players back to back to back makes you start thinking about the game and how they play. Mm-hmm. We've talked about the ability to make plays at full speed. Zamir White can make plays, can make moves, can make decisions, can make cuts at full speed. Uh, and full speed for him is 220 pounds moving, not very slowly, Trevor, right, uh, right. he can go, right. um, I wouldn't be surprised if he carries at least 25, if not 30 more pounds than James Cook. And if they raced, it'd be tight, uh, which is saying something, uh, he can absolutely explode. Um, and, and he runs a little bit. Oddly, uh, he runs with his shoulders pretty substantially ahead of his toes, a little bit like his back is hunched forward. Um, But listen, when you're built like a hammer, like that's no problem. He's uh, also so just he, got like giant traps, giant shoulders, and also giant shoulder pads, which I feel yeah, like help the the uh, the eye, um, the illusion, I guess, of him just like being so hunched over all the time. But yeah, I do he think he is a little bit. All right. He he runs like he's a weapon, you know what I mean? Like he's that's a ready, great way to yeah. put it. Yeah, yeah, he's ready to cause some problems. There's a great run against Bama, uh, where he never takes two arms off the football. Uh, it, it's like a second and it's a second and plus. It's like second and thirteen or something. Uh, and he he just he's just picking his way through space. Never takes two hands off the football because he's got one intention in mind, and it's to fall forward on this run. He's just gonna find contact. Make sure he picks up some dirty yards and make this a manageable third down. He picks up like five. He just, just he just he runs like a weapon. Uh, with that said, there are some other really big backs that we're going to talk about today. Uh, hammers who make bad decisions or who have dead feet. Neither is the case with Zamir White. White makes good decisions. Uh, he understands how to go find space. Uh, he understands when the situation requires that he gets skinny or the situation requires that he bounce a run and try to win a corner. He's he's not just a one trick pony. Uh, he knows how to tap his skill set relative to the context, relative to what circumstances demand. And uh, he doesn't run slow, as I was saying. He he's, has bouncy feet. He's got quick little rhythm to him. Uh, whoever Georgia's running backs coach is or however they teach their backs to work their feet, like Elijah Holyfield had insane feet. Nick Chubb, yeah. Sonny Michelle both had unbelievable feet. Zamir White's got great feet. Uh, so he's very, very good at, at working with tempo, using half steps, using gallop steps, whatever's necessary to get him into the gaps while he's keeping momentum. Uh passing game profile isn't super great they more so use james cook for that he has absolutely no clue what he's looking at in pass protection which he's got a good build for it somebody's got to teach him what to do because yeah. uh, that that has to be a big part of his game coming yeah, into the cook pros couldn't, that, cook couldn't pass protect either so i don't know you talk yeah. about the running backs coach in georgia giving him good feet somebody's got to get to him about pass protection because neither of these dudes can pass right. block but the thing is like cook stays on the field 
know what I mean? When Zamir White's and like they, they they rotate and they both get third down reps, but Zamir White will have like it's like brother, it's very clear where this rush is coming from. Your eyes like okay, maybe it's not your textbook responsibility, but you got to go put a shoulder pad on somebody, especially if you're gonna look the way you do. You can't mm-hmm. look like that and then not hit somebody. Pass protection. So, uh, a little bit of a one dimensional game right now with the time missed, especially freshman year. Maybe understandable that. He doesn't have the full gamut of instincts that you'd like him to see. But uh, in terms of the movement skills, eyes of a running back, and then plus ability as a finisher that you don't typically see for for college running backs, Zemir White is very, very legit. Extremely likable player. Yeah, I think that he's a pretty rare straight-line athlete. I, I think that you could see that immediately. When he gets a lane, when he gets out into space, or near the sideline, up the middle, unblocked, whatever it is, I mean, he could be shot out of a cannon. And when I say that, I also mean the cannonball portion of that analogy because when he hits you, it's like trying to tackle a giant cannonball. And so I think that that's definitely to his advantage. Zamir White's going to be an interesting case study for me because I don't want to be too hard on Do it. guys who are just of bigger size that maybe don't have the wiggle of other players, right? I mean, like, we watch so many different running backs of different shapes and sizes. We watched a handful of smaller guys, even for today's episode, that we haven't gotten to yet. I think Zamir White, I agree with you totally, he's got light feet for a player his size. He's able to chop up his feet. He's able to bounce. He's patient in that regard. But when it comes to, you, like you said, operating at full speed, putting his foot in the ground and trying to change direction a little bit, there's not an impact there. He can't, he just, he doesn't do it. At least I didn't think that he did it. Now, oh, I'm not I think so, he's got. I think he's got light feet, period. So here is my issue with that. I think he's got good feet, but I think that when he puts his foot in the ground to change direction, I don't know whether I'm just looking at a running back who is simply of a bigger size that I need to have a better understanding of, a better approach of, to not think that they are going to move like a smaller back, or do the back-to-back ACL injuries come into play with him in that area? Because that's really where it matters. When you're putting your foot in the ground and when you're changing direction, that's that kind of hesitation, that kind of, in the back of your mind, those two injuries. I'm I'm not so sure because I really like Zamir White as a straight-line athlete. I think it's very clear to see why he was a five-star recruit and one of the best recruits in the country back in 2019. Uh, read that in high school, he ran a 4-4 flat 40-yard dash at his size, which is pretty Not nuts, right? But it, but it pops up on tape. The one thing that I don't think does is wiggle. I just, I, I did not see that consistently from him. And it's not that he didn't try it. He did. He still, he tries to be light on his feet. He tries to change direction. He tries to be a little bit elusive, which I appreciate. I just didn't see the impact when he decided to go for it, those kinds of moves. And I wonder if it's the knee injuries or just simply his size. And so he's going to be somebody that I'm going to have a close eye on as we go through the college football season to monitor that part of his game. I thought it was very interesting. He only has eight receptions in yes. two years. Yes. And I felt like <laughs> I watched him go out of the backfield for routes, in the at least like in the flat, multiple times. <laughs> during and also all, like be open right and, and they just don't they don't throw it to him they Not never throw him yeah. the football never and he goes out for a lot of routes which i just thought was strange uh funny but strange so that was kind of my overall take on samir white uh, they they really they don't make many dudes like him 
He's uh, he's a freak kind of an athlete when it comes to being in a straight line. But I wonder if the back-to-back ACL injuries kind of affect what he can do laterally as a running back. So so if you're not going to be useful for us in pass protection, then we're not even going to count you as a number. Go, go, you know, be, go be a, a, a you know, a check release option, right? Because we don't even want to have the thought in our heads that maybe we're going to use you uh, in pass protection. We don't want our quarterback believing that's something he can trust in. You know right. what I mean? Right. No, I do. Uh, before we get to our next guy, got to remind people to bet online is the fast and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action, whether it's NBA, NHL, MLB, all your football needs, UFC, MMA, whatever it is, bet online's got you. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to really get into the game. If you head over to their website or use your mobile device, you could sign up and receive a 50% welcome bonus on whatever you put down as your first deposit. Trade courtesy of bet online. Use the promo code locked on to activate that 50% welcome bonus. That's all caps, one word, locked on. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. More really nice running backs from this 2022 running back class coming up after the break. All right, Ben, let's talk about Sincere McCormick, the UTSA kid. Yeah. He was, well, he is. He's entering his junior season, stands at about five foot nine, 200 pounds. UTSA, so as you would expect, he was a lower-tiered recruit. He was a three-star recruit, but rushed for over 1,400 yards last year on 250 carries. I mean, they leaned on this dude a ton his sophomore year, and he absolutely produced for him. What would you think of Sincere McCormick's game? Uh, I learned today that he's the Conference USA preseason player of the year, offensive player of the year. Well, I don't even what know that, what, that, what does that mean. Like I don't he, even like I don't know. Right. Like, what the frick is that? Like, hey, here's who we think the best offensive players in the conference. Yeah, he, like, won Offensive Player of the Year last year at the end of the season, I, I think thought. He was, I think he was a second-team All-American, like, in the country. Right. So it feels like maybe this is not a necessary thing, but, you know. That's a, that's okay. a, that's a strange award. <laughs> yeah, but shout-out Sincere McCormick. Yeah, big shout-out. Um, right. Great zone, uh, prototype zone player, right? We yeah, got. Yep, yep, yep. We got a nice, dense build. We got some nice burst on a 10-yard line. Yeah. And we got some good decision-making ability. And so short strider can be able to get that foot in the ground quickly. And he's got good ankle bends. So he's going to be able to pop and change that direction really quick. Able to to bust through that that <clears throat> that little alley in the first level. Survive a little bit of the incidental contact. Keep his shoulders square. Keep his hips low. Get through it. And then explode through the second level. Get beyond that linebacker. And all of a sudden, we got ourselves an explosive play. And that shows up for UTSA a good amount they run some zone but they also ran him a lot on power and he's he's good there I mean they, they love to pull GT they'll pull GY like you know do a lot of like the Oklahoma stuff I don't know where their um their running game coordinator is from actually I just realized I didn't I I didn't I should have looked that up anyway uh, you so, blew it. so dumb and bad uh so that that power blocking style necessitates that he play a little bit more patiently uh, and then explode, which I think he 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 shows that he does well. Uh, in the third level, not not the fastest guy. I think he he can burn some conference USA defenses. I don't think his his forty time will hold up as much when we start talking power five, and then obviously the NFL level. Um, but I do think that he would benefit more so from entering a a from being able to play in an offense like the one that Tyler Algier plays in, the running back at, at BYU, who we're going to talk about in a little bit, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Um, because to me, he's a very natural zone style guy if you think about like i really like jamichael hasty 
out of uh, Baylor. He was an undrafted free agent who landed with freaking uh, the 49ers. Uh, that's the sort of mold we're talking about. Quick in a quick, quick in a, in a short area. Yep. Explosive on a ten yard without without long speed. Low riding frame uh, and, and and takes severe angles to the ground. So he's got enough ability to survive that incidental contact at the line of scrimmage and then get to the second level. When we get penetration, um, when we have to kind of uh, you know when we're working off the, these gap power ideas and we have to try to explode vertically through a hole. It's not as much uh, of his skill set. He makes it work. So I think he's better than a lot of the Conference USA players he plays against, but that's okay. Um, not really used too much in the in the passing game. I think largely because, I mean, he's on the field for it, but he's not used too much because he has so many touches elsewise that I think that they're not super oriented on getting him involved in the passing game. Not much of a candidate for a pass protection, just given the size, the arm length. So you're looking at a rotational player. You're looking at zone team scheme fit play as a part of a committee at the NFL level. There's a good place for that. He's a, he's a respectable player. Definitely better than than your average group of five running back, but I think his his ceiling's pretty pretty decently capped. Matt Maddox is the run game coordinator slash offensive line coach at UTSA. Was Matt hired uh, in December of 2019. Was the offensive coordinator and O-line coach at McNeese before that. And he's also spent time at Bowling Green, Eastern Illinois, South Florida, Texas, and Tulsa. He was a he was the center for the University of Illinois in the mid two thousands. Shout out! Uh, he was the run game coordinator for USF in 2017-2018. Was that Marlon Mack? When was Marlon South Mack? Florida? That twenty seventeen? No, Mack was twenty seventeen draft. That was um, that was uh, Quentin Flowers, and then whoever the really tiny kid was. I don't remember. Oh, yeah. All right, so there we go. Um. Oh, Dearness Johnson. Yeah, buddy. Oh, man, we we know too much about college football. That's embarrassing. <laughs> okay, so Sincere McCormick. I like him. 210 still on the Browns. Uh, I like him, and, I, and I'll tell you why I like him. Because I like Kyron Williams, and I see a lot of Kyron Williams in Sincere McCormick. Oh, that's, that's too rich for my blood. But no, 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 listen. I hold Kyron in higher regard. But I'm saying, like, if you – he reminds me a lot of Kyron's style. I don't think he's as athletic as Kyron is. I don't think he's as aggressive with pass blocking. And I don't think that he is just overall as explosive and natural as a running back. But I think that he has that similar mold of play, does it very well, but he's like the early day three version of Kyron Williams. That's what I think. And when it comes to – you mentioned a lot of the ways that he's effective as a runner. I I made sure to note – some of the pass protection reps that he had and he's good like he'll get up in your face he's like I said he's not nearly as aggressive isn't uh, I, I guess as strong going into defensive linemen as Kyron Williams is but he plays a similar style I just think that he's the diet version of Kyron Williams that's how I see Sincere McCormick I'm not sure if I'm I'm there with you in terms of the athletic ability, and I'm not there I'm with you. I'm saying he's not as athletic as Kyron. Right, but the athletic ability is a lot of what makes Kyron Kyron. I know, but it's not like he's like he it's not like he's like terrible after that, but he's just he's not as athletic as Kyron Williams. Yeah. I also like Kyron as a pass protector. I would not put anybody in the entire world. In terms of what he's been, you're missing in the, past the comp, record. Ben. You're missing. I know, we're, I know. We're, we're, we're point A, point B, and you're in outer space somewhere. You're with Jeff Bezos in a space capsule somewhere, and I'm just trying to get from point A to point B. Jeff Bezos is in space. 
No, I think he's back now. I think he, I think he came back down. What's he doing in space? Uh, being rich. I, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure he just went because he's like, "Yo, if I build this spaceship, it will not That's make any dent at all in my bank account." Really dumb. That pisses me <laughs> off. I didn't know that was a thing. That's really annoying. Yeah, I think they landed like this week or something. I didn't pay too much attention to it because it's not that big of a deal. But anyways, I like Samir White. Love him as a zone zone running scheme kind of a guy. I think he's an early day three player. He's a similar mold as Kyron Williams. He's just not in that same tier athletically. Who's better, Sincere McCormick or Tyler Algier, running back at BYU? I didn't watch enough of Tyler Algier. Do you want to? Do you want to transition into that? I watch. I was only able to watch one game of him, and I can I can totally see the style of zone runners that you were talking about. But I, I don't like to come up with final evaluations after only watching one game of him. So you could take it away on Tyler Algier if you watch more of him. There are two things about Tyler Algier. <clears throat> excuse me. There are two things about Tyler Algier that BYU I running back. By the way. Yeah, I already said it. I people people sometimes are like, "Hey, BYU you guys running back Tyler Algier, baby." There are two things I believe to be true about Tyler Algier. Number one, he's definitely good. Uh really, 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 really rich calm. <laughs> oh, gee, okay, hold up. Whoa, 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 whoa! You're getting on me. For Kyron Williams, so I can't wait to hear this. Hold on, I'm gonna hold on. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna lay back in my chair. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, so it's uh, you know he's got a similar build, and it wins in a similar way as to how Nick Chubb won at Georgia. Okay, all right. He is five eleven. Thanks for listening to the podcast, everybody. He is 5'11", 220. He is wide. He is a very wide boy. Um, but, man, you remember Rodney Anderson coming out of Oklahoma who's had course so I do. many Of injuries. course I do. Just big rip Rodney Anderson. We love Rodney. Remember how Rodney could just like – and Rodney was like 215. RB1, baby. He could just slalom ski his way through space. He just had this ability to keep his, his top half so quiet. And then his, his his lower half would just be changing angles and adjusting tempo and changing stride length. He was doing all this work while his upper half just was just just smooth sailing. And that's like, you know, Nick Chubb's got that and Tyler Algier's got that. Where, man, he can just drop his hips and run at these austere angles and maintain velocity. And you're just like, that's not regular, man. That's not how you're supposed to move when you're this big. He's got such a nice density and then such a a surprising burst and surprising agility so many of his when you watch his explosive runs so many linebackers are like okay whatever eight yard gain it was nicely blocked up i'm just gonna shove you out of bounds and then algiers just gone he just slips right by him because he can take much sharper angles than they're ready for and he's got more little 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 burst and they're ready for it. And then he can he can finish runs a little bit. He can get open, get to find that second gear, open stride a little bit. Uh he's got some 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 gallop to him. I wouldn't call him fast, but I would for 220. You know, they, like you know, Kevin Harris, South Carolina, Chris Rodriguez, uh, Kentucky, two other guys who are like legit draft prospects, two big hammers, big build guys. They can't run with Tyler Algier, man. Like open space. Algier can really bust some angles. Uh I think he had 14 catches in 11 games, so not a ton of volume. Was used very heavily play action, right? This Zach Wilson BYU offense, 
It's used very heavily as a pass protector in like seven man slide and stuff. And he can hold up. Uh, he's got the body density that's necessary to do it. And he's got the eyes necessary to do it. So the first thing I believe strongly about Tyler Algier is that he's good. The second thing I believe strongly about Tyler Algier is that this wide zone boot action, play action, Kyle Shanahan offense lies to us. And I've seen too many, you know, Raheem Mosterts just hop to San Francisco and put up career numbers, right? Like I think about like Tevin Coleman and and uh, whatever the other guy's name is and Raheem Mostert and just these players who are, are so— Are say Matt Breida? Matt Breida might have been it. I can't—there's definitely one more that's a classic. He's only good at outside zone offense. And then he went somewhere else and he was a terrible example. And I'll think of it in like five minutes. I We're think just, every team in the NFL should simply yeah, run wide zone. I, I honestly do as well. Uh, I know this offense lies to us, and I believe it was lying to us a little bit about Zach Wilson in terms of his talent. And I think it was lying to us about Brady Christensen a little bit in terms of his talent. And so it would be disingenuous to not believe the same thing about Tyler Algier. So I do think that Algier benefits from running in a, in a running game that, that tends to unlock running backs at all levels and is certainly much more so nascent currently dawning on the college level and that means that there's even fewer answers to the college level you know that they can't really run you can't really play bare front unless you're freaking alabama you know what i mean so like it, it you know when he's ripping navy to not navy navy actually has good run defense when he's ripping western kentucky to shreds you're like all right well you know yeah so it, it's difficult to see a player just like Zach Wilson a little bit, had this one year, and, and it's like he had a high volume previously like Wilson did, but had this one year of just super explosive production in offense that's so beneficial to, to all players involved. But with that said, when I watch Algier move, I know that's not how 220-pounders typically move, and so I'm willing to have faith in him for that reason. All right, there we go. Okay, that's better, it. Better than Sincere McCormick is the answer to that question. Man, okay, I need to, I need to watch more Tyler Algier games because that was... That was a lot of praise. That was big praise for him. He's good. He's legit. He's for real. Certified locked on NFL draft. Good. D minus Nick Chubb. Okay. Jeez. F Nick Chubb. D minus Nick Chubb isn't even a comp. Find somebody else. Okay, fine. B plus Nick Chubb. Suck it. Jeez. <laughs> He's supercharged Nick Chubb. You know what I think is really funny? <laughs> Uh, this is this is kind of like a tangent, but like when people say like, "Oh, he's Nick, he's Nick Chubb 2.0," and they don't mean that he's better than Nick Chubb, they mean that he's just like sort right. of another Nick Chubb. But you 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 people don't realize that when you say 2.0, you mean better than you went improved, right? You, that's you, why you, Justin you don't just Fields mean was the next guy. That's why Justin Fields was Cam Newton 0.9, because he was the prospect wise. <laughs> right. He was the version that came out before Newton came out and then won the Heisman and went first overall. <laughs> That's a good way to say it. Uh folks. Yeah, Mike, Mike Renner came out with that one. Shout out to PFF Mike. <laughs> That's funny. That is really funny. Belt Bar. They're the best team. They're the best tasting protein bars on the planet, no doubt about it. They've got nine delicious flavors. I'm gonna list them off for you right now. These are the all-time flavors that they have whenever you so want to, to order them. Coconut. Coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, which is incredible, double chocolate, and salted caramel. These are fantastic. And that's not even getting into the limited time flavors that you can only see when you go to BuiltBar.com. I can't even I can't even spoil the surprise for you. You got to go to BuiltBar.com, figure it out. If you're saying, Trev, if these protein bars taste so good, they're probably loaded with sugar. Wrong! These protein bars not only taste great, they're great for your diet as well. 
low in calories, they're low in sugar, but they're also high in protein, high in fiber too. So they've got exactly what you want to put in your diet. You can enjoy a morning, noon, night, before a workout, after a workout, whatever it is. Go to BuiltBar.com. Check out all the different flavors. I guarantee that they've got something right up your alley that you're going to like. Use the promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15, and you will get 15% off of your first order. Use the promo code LOCKED15, 15% off. Best tasting protein bars on the planet over at BuiltBar.com. I got a handful more guys that we are getting to today. Going over Zamir White, then Sincere McCormick. Oh, it's Zonovan Knight. Uh, the NC State kid, who I, I, I learned is uh, nicknamed Bam because they just continue to say Bam Knight a lot, and I didn't really understand what the broadcaster was saying. And I'm like, am I watching the right player? Like, I, no one has uttered the the name Zonovan yet, and I figured that you know that would probably be a big, uh, you know, that have a light go off in my head, like, oh yeah, that's the guy. That's who we should we should be looking for. But uh, yeah, his nickname is Bam, and I guess that's all they call him. He's if they had two running backs and one was named Zonovan Knight, and the other was named Bam Knight, NC State would just win the natty <laughs> by default. That's very true. That's very true. He's a junior going into this season, about 5'11", 200 pounds, was a four-star recruit uh, coming out of high school. Fun fact, not only did he play running back in high school, also played corner. So I think that this guy is quite the athlete. He has got an aggressive style of running. He just, I mean, he looks to I watched, lower I got the one game shoulder. Of, I got one game of Zonovan Knight, so I want you to delete this one like I did for Algier. Okay, so I mean, like, he is just, he. I mean, he his, his entire style is aggressive. And I don't want to say this because they both wear the number seven, but he really did remind me of Leonard Fournette when he was at LSU. Now, Fournette was a much better overall athlete than Bam Knight was. So, like, Fournette could do these crazy aggressive things and just bounce off of guys and hit a gap and take it 60 yards or whatever. Bam Knight's not really doing that, but he plays the same way. Like, he'll he'll just, he'll find somebody right in front of him and he'll just go at him with, with all his heart. Like, I'm running through your soul. That's the kind of runner that we're talking about here. He loves physicality. This is his style. He's a good straight line athlete, but... He also has some pretty nice quickness, too. I thought that he was able to stutter step his feet a little bit, really get elusive when he needed to be, but I, that's not his bread and butter. I think he knows it, and so he doesn't use it too much. But I did see it enough to where I didn't think it was a total limitation for him. I think he's got good hands out of the backfield. Uh, he was consistent when they went to him in the passing game. What were his passing stats? Uh, I had him up here. Uh, only had seven receptions his first year, but he didn't get a lot of action that year as a receiver. Only had 20 the second year, but like I said, I feel like when they threw the ball to him, he was pretty reliable for him. So I think that this is an aggressive style of back. Uh, you mentioned when we were going through Zamir White, we're going to talk about some guys that are those lower the shoulder, kind of give you the boom, make sure that you've got an ice bath ready for you after the game. I feel like that's Zonovan Knight. I feel like that's what Bam Knight's all about. He's going to be a smash kind of a player. I don't think he has the top end athleticism. Like I said, he's got that Fournette style, but he doesn't have that Fournette rare athletic ability. So I think that he's still going to be a committee kind of a back in the NFL, but he's going to be somebody who uh, linebackers don't love to tackle. And I feel like if he could improve his pass protecting, if he could bring that aggressive style that he has with the ball to pass protecting, I think that we'll talk about a guy who could have a role as a second and third down running back and, and be a good rotational guy for some teams. So that was kind of my overview of him. Yeah, what what stands out about Knight off of what I, what I watched from him, like I said, I didn't get a full exposure to him. When he decides to hit the turbo button, it's go, baby. Um, Cause like, I, I think right. The aggressiveness that you talk about is, is 
certainly present. I agree he's an aggressive runner. I thought that I, I appreciated the fact that he wasn't a I'm a hammer, so everything's a nail player. I thought that he was willing to wait when you know things were blocked up. And, More so and, than I thought he was going to be. I really did yeah. think that he was just going to be a hammer, and he wasn't. Yeah, exactly. Like you can see him, like you know, like, they they run that 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 strong side toss with um where they're in like condensed set. They'll run wide around that, and they'll run the like, strong side toss. And you'll see him like, okay, wait for your moment, wait for your moment, wait for your moment, kill someone. It's like, all right, good. Like that's like <laughs> you know, like because like, that that instinct can be like push, 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 go. And I think that he does a good job, kind of picking his spots a little bit. Um, definitely seemed to me a straight line player, right? Definitely seemed to me to be. Yeah. You know, uh, I got to be wide zone here because I'm going to just work, work horizontal, work horizontal, work horizontal, find my gap, put my foot and down and go. That was that was I feel like his most successful stuff is when they ran yeah. when when they ran more wide zone plays. Right. When they get him working between the tackles and he's kind of got to pick his way through traffic. It's not a, it's not as pretty. And I think that that's where you see some some recklessness, um, which, you know, is understandable. Um, I didn't realize he was a full 210. I, oh, he's stacked. Nice. He's stacked, dude. It's a it's a big boy class. Did you watch Kevin Harris and uh, Chris Rodriguez? I didn't watch Chris Rodriguez, but I did watch Kevin Harris. I was very <laughs> pleasantly surprised with Kevin Harris. Kevin Harris was another running back who I thought was going to be a hammer and nail player, and he wasn't. Mm-hmm. He he. I, I feel like even more so than Bam McKnight, he was not. This is the, this is the running back. Kevin Harris, the running back for South Carolina, right. by the way. I like kevin harris for what he is i just think that athletically there's a clear ceiling there yeah i agree i agree but i i do think that he he's not a brute right because sometimes when i watch these bigger running backs i think the entirety of the florida defense would disagree with you well okay i'm not <laughs> put a her on I, I, kids, no no no. Man. when i when i say that he's not a he's not a brute I, I don't mean that he's not a strong dude that once again is going to put you in an ice bath after the game he will do that but when i say a brute when i when i say like a brute running back i mean when guys get the ball and they just put their head down and become a battering ram then you're just a brute running back. Like, your eyes aren't up. You're not looking for space. You're not looking for what might be a better play. You're just simply trying to run through someone. Real and quick. I, I real really... Quick. Yeah? That, yeah? That's Chris Rodriguez, the Kentucky kid. Okay. He just can't... He can't make decisions on the fly. Okay. He just, just find color and hit it. So, I thought I was going to see that with Kevin Harris because I felt when I was watching him live last year, I was like, this dude is just physical. That is his calling card. It's just physicality. And where it is, he's five foot ten, two hundred and twenty pounds. I mean, like this is a stacked dude. He knows what his biggest strength is, and it is, you know, his strength. And I thought that I was only going to see that from his game, and I saw more. There were multiple times yeah. where, you know, they'd be running one way, and he would immediately cut it back because he'd see somebody crash further than they should have. Somebody was out of their gap. He realized that he could hit him to the sideline and get some extra yards. And there was more finesse to his game than I thought. So I was really pleasantly surprised with what I saw from Kevin Harris. Yeah, I uh, I agree in the sense that, right, I thought that he was willing to be patient. I thought he was willing to make decisions. My favorite thing about uh, Kevin Harris is that I feel very strongly that the week before they play like Tennessee, right? He just like goes to the Tennessee depth chart and he's like, all right, the corners numbers are like five, 21 and like three. And then he plays the game and like he gets a little pitch and he sees five in just like wide open space at one-on-one and Kevin Harris is like, yes, like it's rock and roll time, baby. He just vision just goes over red. He loves 
like anytime it's a player that's lighter than him, like any a corner or smaller safety, he's like, yeah, I'm gonna go put this guy in the ground. This is the bomb. And listen, <laughs> you're not gonna make him miss in space. Like Kevin Harris doesn't have that in his quiver, so you might as well say, you know, this is where my bread is butter. This is what I'm gonna do. Uh, also, weirdly soft hands was super into that. Uh, the touchdown against Florida, a little oh, little angle route, a little, little, little shimmy, and then a little, 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 little catch it in, in stride. Ho ho ho! I love mm-hmm. it. Um, so yes. I, I think they're right. He's, he's a good decision maker. Doesn't think everything needs needs to be physical, but he understands that's how he's going to win. He's the sort of player. He's the player for me where when I say like Algier is 5'11", 220, and he shouldn't move the way he does. Kevin Harris, when you watch him, you know, work his way on those toss one, patterns or work his way outside, you're like, ah, oh, just the movement skills here are limited, right? Like he just does not have much giddy up to him in terms of, of short burst or in terms of long speed. Uh, he can be nim- nimble on his feet if he's, got his momentum slow and that's what he's trying to do but once he starts to pick up he's really not going to be able to, to generate much wiggle it's going to be how low can he get his shoulder uh can he get it below yours yes or no uh so to me right it's he he plays like you to you want a good 5 10 220 player to play right he plays like a, a rotational guy who can be a short yardage guy for you uh pass protection wise it you know when it comes like the, that chip release who he took a tennessee kid a defensive end and buried him on a chip like yeah, just straight ride straight put him in the turf right so again like he he knows what he can do well um but y- you understand the limitations with him i just think athletically it's going to be tough for him to get into the upper echelon of this class yep no i i agree he's going to be a specialized dude i think he's going to be a day three running back but i also think that he's going to be a running back that some teams really like to have to round out their running back room and he could potentially see a committee role in the nfl who knows that all depends on scenario where you land all that kinds of stuff but I was pleasantly surprised by Kevin Harris I'm excited to watch him play this season no doubt the last guy that I had was uh Tyler Beatty who is the senior running back from Missouri smaller dude five foot eight didn't watch him 195 pounds was just a three-star prospect I mean he's never been the guy as the running back there like and he's Larry Roundtree right right and I mean like he's going into his senior year and he's never actually really been the full-time starting running back in fact he almost had more receiving yards than he did rushing yards over the last two years. He had a hundred, sorry, he had six hundred and eighty-nine receiving yards and six hundred and ninety-nine rushing yards. So just ten yards more on the ground than he had uh, in the receiving game. That's what he's all about right now. That's how he's been able to get on the field, and that's what he has mastered. He's got soft hands. He knows how to be a good route runner. He knows how to get behind the defense. I think he knows what he's doing in open space and routes before he gets the ball. Uh, knows how to track it down the field, whether it's wheel routes or whatever. And I, I was very impressed with how he is as a receiver. And right now, that is clearly what he is. He is just receiving back. But he's also fast. Like, this dude's got wheels to him. Now, hey, his the class needs that guy. The class needs Ken Catch and is fast. Because right now, I'm, I haven't seen that guy yet. I mean, you watch Tyler Beatty, man. He, he, he will. No, I mean, like, on the highlight plays of him, it's completely blocked. He's absolutely untouched, and he's getting to the second level. But he throws on the Jets when he gets to that point. And he erases a lot of angles, and so... I, th- I thought that it was nice to see. I agree. He's going to be able to, I think, stand out in that area of this class, at least from what we've seen right now as a receiving back. Who knows what he's going to be as a runner? Not really sure. Hopefully he gets the ball more on the ground this year because he, he did look like an electric player, but they just haven't really featured him as a running back. He's more of a receiving back to this point. But even if what we have seen is all we're getting from Tyler Beatty, 
you know, he'll be a late round draft pick. He'll be somebody who 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 can stick around on a team and make some noise at training camp and things like that. So, right. uh, yeah, I, Once I think you he's get got to, a place. Right. Once you get to day three, you start drafting for roles. And oh, like yeah, 100%. That, that sounds like, you know, he can fit that role, right? Yeah. Where it's it's that pass catching and that explosive flight. Does he return at all? Oh, does he return? Hold on. Let me oh, look. Time to Google. Jerry and Ely returns and looks good when he does it. Uh, um, he had nine kick return. He he does kick return. So he had, ele- yes. he had 11 his first year, six his second year, nine this past season. That'll help. Yep. Special teams guy. Uh, anybody right. else? Do you get anybody else that you want to bring? That's up? everybody I watched. Right. I wanted to ask right now. Don't, a- don't ask me about top fives. We're doing that tomorrow. It's April 2022. Tw- uh, no, it's not. The top three running backs are off the board. It's Brees Hall, Isaiah Spiller, and then somebody we watched today. If you had to bet right now who that is, who would you take? I'm not answering that question in this podcast. I'm answering that's it next not, in tomorrow's that's podcast. That's not. That's not the top five. I gotta. I gotta give people a reason to tune in, Ben. Ugh, We're supposed to get better at this. We're supposed to get better at teasers. I will answer that question and so much more on tomorrow's episode. All right. I. You better answer so much more. Uh, ben and I are going over our top fives in this class. I don't know. We've got about. 12 to 14 guys that we watch from this running back group, and we're going to give you our top fives, exactly how we see them stacking up, going into the preseason, how we can see them fitting in the NFL, things that they need to get better at, and just the scope of the class overall. And then uh, after a week hiatus, it is back. We're going to be doing Fan Friday at the end of the week. I know that you guys have been storing all of your fantastic questions. We've given you an extra week to get that noggin going putting Ben and I in crazy situations, asking us to rank weird things, pinning us against each other as friends. You know, just a typical Fan Friday. I'm excited for the last two episodes, though. We're going to have a lot of fun. Until tomorrow, you guys keep it locked right here on Lockdown NFL Draft.